You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Yes, hello everyone. Uh, Welcome to another episode of uh, What the Dev, the development podcast of ST Times. I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief, as you heard. Uh, And today, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, outsourcing and... um, finding talent uh, for uh, organizations that need help on specific projects. So with me here today is Mike Morris. He's the co-founder and CEO at a company called Torque. Uh, Previously, he was part of the founding team at a company called Topcoder, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Uh, Mike, how are you doing? Thanks for being with us today. I am great. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah. So I think everybody kind of gets the concept of outsourcing, you know, too little talent, uh, not enough people on hand with the right skills. Uh, It's uh, easier and faster. Uh, So tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, what the concept was behind you uh, founding Torque and and what the goal was there to to achieve. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, a a big proponent of, um, of an open talent model where you can have essentially unlimited access to um, the intellectual capital that exists out there uh, because of the internet, right? You can, there's no no boundaries. Um, so that's been sort of my life's work since um, since about 2002 is uh, figuring out how to get companies to adopt open talent models and and bring that into their organization. Um, so you know, if you if you look at the the outsourcing industry in general, obviously that's nothing new. We've been doing that for a long time, but I think there's a few trends that kind of snuck up on us and kind of hit us all at the same time. So, you know, one is you take your, your kind of traditional outsourcing, which is largely a black box, throw it over the wall. They do the project, they deliver it back. Or you have your traditional kind of staffing, which is like, hey, bring your people in. They they sit in the seats right next to my team. They kind of, you know, just augment that existing team. Um, I don't think, I think there were there were issues with kind of both of them. I don't think satisfaction was uh, was as high as, as companies wanted it to be in both outsourcing and staffing traditionally. And the pandemic really shook things up. Like, you know, um, and I don't want to spend time talking about that. We all know we all lived through it. But this whole um, force you to work remotely was the trend that I think opened up uh, the biggest opportunity for open talent models. When, you know, when you have companies now that, hey, we're going to be working remotely anyway, so I don't want to throw it over the wall and, and not be able to talk to my devs. Um, so I want them to be accessible, same time zone based. That was a huge disruption, in my opinion, for the the traditional outsourcing models. And then, uh, and then the second thing is, is like I, I don't want to be um, uh, restrained by the geolocation of my people. Like, hey, if I don't need them to be within an hour of Boston. Like, let's go as far as we can and get the best talent we can at the best value we can. So that's the opportunity for open talent models that I've really seen. Then this other trend came out of nowhere, I think, right? This other trend was like, hey, you know, a skills-based economy is more powerful than a where do you go to college or where do you work in your last job? And that trend kind of came out of nowhere. And I feel like we're starting to see that um, where, you know, you have all this, uh, you know, the remote work 
phenomenon made us get good at metrics. Like we now know like, Hey, somebody's, you know, they're good at, at doing uh, JavaScript software development and here's how good they are versus their peers. So all of those metrics started to come out and really opened up this, this skills-based economy. So Torque is really, it's a business model built on those concepts. Like how do we get the best talent regardless of where they are um, at a company in as part of a team um, for as long as they need them. You know, that's really uh, interesting. You make a great point there. I had a conversation with somebody recently and they were saying that, uh, you know, it used to be when a developer was applying for a job, it was where'd you go to college, you know? And now they're saying that the four-year degree is not uh, not really as relevant as what skills do you have? You know, so you might have gone to either a boot camp or done some online training or something to that effect, don't have a college degree to show for it, but you have the skills that now are desirable in the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, I think as you see with um, the, you know, like I, I like to make the analogy of sports, right? Like sports is something that we are, we love, we love watching, you know, we love celebrating athletes. And the only reason why we're able to do that is because we have metrics and statistics about how well they perform. And now that we're starting to see some of those things come in the professional world, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for people. Like they can get paid and get recognized for um, how good they are, not for what their pedigree is, right? Not for where they where their last job was, not for where their degree came from. And um, and I, I just I love that. I feel like that kind of levels the playing field. And um, yeah, and so that that's a big part of the Torque business model is is understanding and rewarding people for developer productivity. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting point that you make because people are struggling with, well, how do you measure developer productivity? It isn't lines of code anymore. You know, using the sports analogy, you can say, hey, this guy runs a 4-3-40, so we want him because he's fast. How do you, what metrics do you use to determine, you know, how a, a developer is being productive or not? Yeah, so um, great. That's a great question if you if so let's take the 4340 example so you find somebody that can run a 4340 most people today when they look at developer productivity they're like okay you know what did you accomplish okay so like how many lines of code did you submit how many pull requests did you answer how you know how many errors did you create that's not what you should be looking at that's like saying hey let's just go find another person that runs a 4340 that's hard to do. You know what you really need to do is understand like, well, what made that person able to run a 4340? Is it that they do squats, that they work out five days a week, that they eat right, that they all those input metrics that actually create that athlete? This has been escaping, um, I think, in, in, especially in software development, this has been escaping companies. They're always looking for, hey, I want to see somebody that does as many commits as you know my other developer over here. Well, that's that's a hard, you're going to find one or two people maybe, right? But what if you go and you say, all right, the reason why this guy can do so much really quality coding is because they have one third um, less interruptions per day, right? They really get in the zone and they focus on their coding. They, they're reading and debugging more than they're coding, right? They're spending a lot of time thinking versus just jumping in there. So it's all these input metrics. So we actually, we acquired a company called Codalike. And what they do is they track all these input metrics. So developers use this tool as a way to kind of understand how their behavior 
as they're sitting in their IDE and they're working, what's their behavior? What are they spending their time on? And then they can go and compare to other people and learn to code like them, right? So uh, like I, I love to think of it like, you know, you take a basketball player. You can't, you can't say, you can't compare somebody to a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant just by saying they scored this many points. The only way to really compare them to them is to say, hey, Kobe Bryant took a thousand shots before every basketball game, right? To warm himself up every part of the court, all those hot spots that he had. That's the stuff that actually made him great, not the 30 points that he got in the game. Um, and that's that's kind of what we believe. So so this Coda-like product allows us to give developers, I, I call it an empowering technology. It's an empowering technology for the developers to understand where they're spending their time and how they can improve the way they're spending their time. Ideally, you know, spend as least time as you can to get as much productivity as possible, right? That's the goal. So let's let's look at this uh, for a minute from the uh, from the standpoint of uh, economics to organizations, right? Um, they can they can go find talent that is not on their payroll and and proceed at pace, or they can take half their development team down, send them to conferences, put them through training. Uh, which kind of slows their uh, ability to deliver software more quickly, the do more with less that they're talking about. So to me, it seems like whether you call it outsourcing, insourcing, whatever term of sourcing you want to use, it's it's outside talent from your organization. Uh, it probably saves them money and allows them to keep pace with the speed they need to go as opposed to uh, doing uh, doing it all in-house. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think there's a balance and it's probably different for every organization. Um, for, for our, we have an R&D organization at Torque and two thirds of it is, is outsourced, is, is contingent, right? So it's, uh, it's staff that we can, if, if our priorities change, we can bring in, change resources, bring in different skill sets. Um, and if you're talking about a software platform, right, like, like Torque, right, where, you know, it's not a bad thing to say, hey, your job's over in two weeks because we have another 50 jobs that are sitting there ready for you to jump on and you can learn something new and you can work on something new. So like it's not that's the way that we we should be thinking of it is like, OK, um, I need this person for this project, for this skill, for this length of time, and then I'm going to need this skill. Right. And it gets us out of it, it allows us to, to really leverage specialists um, opposed to generalists. However, I think that there's still like, even for us, a third of our team, we're going to bring internally. And because I want them to be on every call that I have, I want them to understand, you know, the some of the um, cultural elements that they might not get if they're if they're externally. So in our business model, when we work with, you know, let's say, we're working with a large um, enterprise company, um, and they want to hire that talent, they can. So in within the first year of working with Torque, they that talent they could hire that talent for a fee. After that first year, they can hire them without a fee. We actually think that that's a very healthy relationship for us to have. It's like, hey, you know what? Why don't you take the top ten percent, fifteen percent of the people that you work with and bring them internal, right? And then keep on keep on using that external. Two thirds of your your team is is coming external and. It's, that's that's how I think a healthy organization should should run. Um, yeah, interesting. So two other quick points I want to make because we're kind of running low on time. Uh, 
we've written a lot about developer productivity uh, over this past year. One of the things that we heard about is developers are most productive when they uh, have joy, when they're loving their jobs and loving the work that they're given. Under your model, this seems like a perfect fit for developers looking for joy because they're not bogged down with things that they don't really want to do, but maybe they work with you and they work with a company for a few weeks, few months, a year, whatever, then they're off to something else. So it kind of recharges them all the time and gives them something new to work on. And and to me, that's what fosters joy in your job and 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 leads to actually more productivity than if they were you know, on staff, uh, just, you know, making tweaks to a UI. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, variety, optionality, you, you can't, the, those are, those are very important things, um, to, to any, any experience. And that's the way we look at it. What type of experience are we going to give our developers? Mm-hmm. Um, and we want them to have that variety of work, um, learn new things, um, but it in it, but here's the one thing like the joy piece of it it doesn't come at the cost people still have to show up to work right i think that's the one thing that you see some people that are that are not proponents of the remote working model um i think they you know you you still have to show up to work you still have to you put in your time you still like that that's that's something that is still required and um you know that's one of the things that for for us every time a developer logs in they're to the to our platform or they're using the code like tool first thing we do is we're like hey how you feeling today are you happy sad mad right and like that, that data starts to get us to understand like okay hey how, how are they doing today is there a trend that we're looking at it's not it's not like i don't it's not mathematical data but it gives us something to look at and be like all right maybe we have an issue here right the the person's productivity is going down they're clearly not happy what's the issue right and then we can look into that and then proactively say all right it's time for a change you should change or the, the the customer should look for a new talent. Um, it's really powerful when you can start looking at that data, um, you know, via a digital dashboard and, you know, electronically. Sure, sure. So last thing I wanted to ask you about, I know we're, before the call uh, we were talking and you said you have uh, 17,000 talent members uh, at your uh, beck and call disposal, whatever term you prefer. Do you find them? Do they find you? How does the, how does the relationship uh, begin there? Yeah, no, that's uh, so. You know, at the beginning, this is my third uh, open talent business that I built, and at the beginning, you have to bootstrap. So we go out and we evangelize, and we go to developer, you know, developer meetups and developers places where developers are going to be, and we tell them the story about Torque, and it's all about how do we help your career go from where it is today to where you want it to be in two years. And once we convince them that we have the ability to do that, they generally come to us. And then once you get that bootstrap going, then it becomes a machine. So now we're viral. Like every day, every hour, more people are joining our community. They want part of the content that we have. They want part of the tools that we give them, the productivity tools. Mm-hmm. They want to learn how, how to use AI, right? They, they So things that'll help their career get to the next level, not just here's your next job, but all these other things that we we give them um, as part of being a, a Torque member. So today they, they're they finding us more than we're finding them, but that's, you know, that, that took about a little over a year or so to, to, to cross that chasm. Excellent, great. All right, uh, Mike Morris, uh, co-founder, CEO of uh, Torque. Thank you so much today for your time, really appreciate it. Thank you, David. Okay. 
Uh, folks, if you're tuning in, uh, you can uh, hear Mike. He'll be presenting a session at our Improved Productivity uh, Virtual One Day event on November the 15th. So uh, come on by and check that out if you can. And uh, again, thanks for listening uh, for our loyal uh, followers. Uh, until next time, again, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now. <laughs>